welcome to the Mile High Podcast. We are your guides through sort of tales of pop culture, drugs, and saying the word fuck a lot. Our show is best experienced under the influence of cannabis. So now is your cue to light up. Now remember, drugs are dangerous, so please don't hurt yourself or your loved ones. But do subscribe. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. It is, thank you for coming to my live podcast. Uh, it is Valentine's Day, and we are here doing our third show, and uh, we're really excited. With me, as always, is my buddy Dave. Dave, happy Valentine's Day. Well, happy Valentine's Day to you as well. That's so sweet. <laughs> you know, I try. And our guest is, of course, Miss Nancy Wilson from Heart. And so she is here uh, to talk some Valentine's Day with us. We will be talking to Chris from the Nerd Corner a little bit later. But uh, this started off with, we're going to talk about The Good Place. And Chris hasn't seen it. So we're going to get him in a little bit later in the show. But uh, this will be the first time the whole crew's together. Yeah. Since we've season two. missed you. Yeah, it's going to be different because we've been doing some really cool shit to start off the season so yeah yeah yeah. we've done some new things you know and if you haven't seen it check out the first show with hollywood tony p it was a really fun show and then go and listen to uh courtney gunn and our show where we talk about harry potter and she gives us some deep in and outs of uh the marijuana industry in here hashtag know your terps hashtag know your terps yeah, nobody can ever make fun of me for picking just based on fruit flavor names ever again. Right. Speaking of marijuana, what are we smoking, Dave? That's a great question. So I know Courtney said that uh, percentage doesn't really mean much, but I think it's psychosomatic at this point. I have to get the highest percentage weed. So I once again went to Rocky Road Rocky on Road. Chamber Chambers in Mexico. I actually got the lady's name. This time was a different lady, but I made sure I got her name. Not the old lady. Not the old lady. This is a different lady, but she was equally nice. And her name was Maria. Maria F., I believe. Um, We're smoking the Silver Mountain from Rocky Road. Uh, It's a sativa, 27%. um, And I rolled it. And, you know, we live in such a great time. So they actually have uh, blunt wrappers that are already pre-rolled. Because I can't fucking roll a blunt to save my life. So I went next door to Mixed Up Creations. And they have these CBD hemp uh, blunt rollers. And we're smoking out of a cherry blunt tonight. Nice. nice. The future is amazing. Nice. So this was not something where we normally buy a pre-rolled something. Dave actually stuffed his own weed in this this time. I did. So. And some really good weed, too. So. Good. Good. Um... Yeah, so maybe what we learn from Courtney will transcend into other things, and we will uh, use it in our basis of everything. I'm still dreaming about that weed we had uh, during that show. <laughs> that was amazing. Yeah, it tasted like licorice. Oh, yeah. That's pretty crazy to me. Yeah, she had some really good weed, so that was really yeah. nice. Do you remember what? Uh, I, feel I don't really remember cheap. the... Is it Lovo? Oh, Lava. Lava. Mr. Lava Lava. That's how I remember yeah, it. Yeah, what's it, it going to change into? No, that's what it's changing uh, yeah. into. I don't know what it's called now. Look up so, Lava. Yeah, make sure it's like down in uh, like by Coors Field, Corny Gun, great host, fucking Ray Nodge Blah Blah Weed, and her weed was great. Yeah, yeah. So. so go check out her dispensary and everything. Um, but literally, part of the reason that Chris isn't here from the start of the show is we want to talk <laughs> about things that we enjoy, and one of them is going to be the uh, good place. And so 
Dave, I'm going to let you start off the good place. I'm going to step off, and I'll be right back in. So you talk to Nancy about the good place. I think this is the earliest we've lost somebody. I know. Well, technically, we lost someone before we started. <laughs> definitely... But they were never really there. Oh, it's kind of like the tree falls in the forest conversation. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So I thought good place finale was fantastic. I really think they stuck the landing. And when they started out with, like, Jason walking through within just minutes of it starting, you're like, this is going to be in for a different show. <laughs> and it was very sweet. It was very um, well written. I thought, I thought it was great. It was really tugging my heartstrings without making me cry, which I'm kind of a, a softie, which kind of comes as a surprise. But it was great. I thought it was really great. I thought it... Uh, what do you think, Nancy? <laughs> I had very strong emotions about this episode. I liked it. Don't get me wrong. The way the, the way the series ended was satisfying. It made sense to me. I was happy with it. However, I had very strong emotions, spoiler alert, with Cheaty leaving. I, I felt like that was so... I don't understand why it was selfish of her to want him to stay until she's ready to. Does that make sense? And maybe that's just something I should look at about myself, but I was, I really struggled. Like I had like a panic attack about why is that wrong for her? You have forever and you always tell each other you love each other and you'd be with each other forever. If you could, you literally can. And one day you just wake up done with it. And just because you're done with it, all of a sudden everybody else who loves you has to suffer. And how did they get ready and be done when they're mad about that? That could set her back on her journey in some ways. I just, I did not think it was as cut, as clear cut as they made it sound about what the right decision was. Yeah, I think that they've made a good job of talking about their worry was no right decision. And they, he guilted her into agreeing to it. And I just felt like, how, if you love somebody, can you see them there crying about you because you're choosing to leave tomorrow for no good reason to somewhere you don't really know that's very permanent and never see them again when you were given forever? You're throwing away forever. I would take that personal. Yeah, but who's to say what the right time was if you know how long do you think how many millions of years do you think he was finding that decision you know and i don't know but how many more millions of years i mean what would it have mattered to wait until they're both ready but again i think i mean i and i completely get what you're saying but i think it closes out chidi's character in an all right way i think that each of their characters closed out right the way they needed to Chidi closed out with a decision. Yeah, you know the I mean? toughest no, decision I, I, in his I existence. Yeah. I, I, no, I, I do understand that. I just felt from a relationship perspective, and I, I think I do kind of stand alone on this. Everybody else seems to default to what you guys are saying, and I understand the logic behind that. I'm just saying, specifically from her perspective, I would be taking it very personal, and I would choose not to understand. I And it would be a choice, but it's a fair choice, because you have forever... And if it doesn't matter, and if the worst that's going to happen is you're bored, who cares? All right, it's fair enough. But I'm not asking you to be tortured. I really love how they ended with Ted dancing. I thought it was yes. really such a, a sweet way to end the, the whole show. Yeah. So perfect. Ted Danson is so great. You know, he really is just known for cheers, but like, I'm really into uh, Kirby Enthusiasm. Mm, and yeah. he has a recurring role on Kirby Enthusiasm, and he's fucking hilarious on there, too. He's Ted Danson on Kirby Enthusiasm. Yeah. yeah. If you guys have not seen Kirby Enthusiasm, I highly recommend. You don't even need to watch previous episodes, like previous seasons. You can just start up with this season and start it out and have a great time. Because fucking Larry Dave is so funny, and it's so sarcastic. He's such an asshole. It's, yeah. it's great. Yeah, it's funny. It's an extreme. It's the West Coast Seinfeld is what it truly is. Is how I feel that, which makes sense because Larry David wrote Seinfeld with 
uh, Jerry Seinfeld. So he's the more extreme. He is really that. He's George Costanza. Yeah, yeah, he's George Costanza. So, um, but yeah, no, I thought The Good Place ran the appropriate amount of seasons. Three was a little iffy, like the third season. Their Return to Earth was not my favorite thing that they did in the entire series, but they caught it and they changed it pretty quick. That's funny, it's not smooth because that was on camera, so they'll see the adjustment and I just pointed it out. So, um, no, but they uh, they changed it. For, they, 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 they realized that Earth wasn't a great place for them. They took care of a couple episodes and they changed it pretty quick. Mm-hmm. The, uh, if I can complain about anything about the whole the whole series was the brief time they were on Earth. I did not care when they went back to redo it. I liked every other part of it. So yeah, it's kind of like season yeah. uh, two of Stranger Things, where the, it really the quality took a huge downturn. Yep. But that was also the season when they had the trolley, uh, that, the trolley experiment. And that's the, that was by far the best episode. And that in there, yeah, there are some arguments to be said that. Even the sea, but they they weren't on Earth then. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, it, whenever they were in Earth, really is it was my biggest problem. But for also all too often we make stories last longer than they should. I think the Good Place closed up Absolutely. when it needed Extremely to extremely well. Yeah. And, and what's interesting what, that you say that because I think they could have probably gotten one more season out of it mm-hmm. before it ran too long. So they actually I think ended it maybe a little too soon. Which is perfect because it leaves maybe, you wanting yeah, more. Yeah, maybe that was on purpose. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, no. Um, so yeah, I think it was. It is definitely worth a sit down and watch. You know, I absolutely one, one thing I'd watch again. I'd like to point out on this episode, smartly done by either where I chose to sit because nobody told us where to sit, but I ch- set myself up here. The reason I'm not like looking directly into a tiny <laughs> corner. Or over here, or over there, is because they put the camera, the screen, the screen right behind, right over there. So, so you can never see. I, I can't see myself. Pointless. Yeah, I am like a bird, <laughs> a bird that knows how. I'm like to a under- bird that understands how I cameras fly work. Right. Um. So uh, we sent a message to Chris. Uh, we hope to see him here soon. But what we're gonna do is. We're going to move on to what have we watched, because I want to talk about something, because you're always talking about your HBO shows that I haven't watched. So I'm going to talk about an HBO show that I don't know if you've watched or not, but Avenue 5? Avenue Q, the one with Hugh Laurie? I think Avenue, Avenue Q five. is the Broadway with the puppets. Yeah, yeah. It's Avenue 5. Avenue or, yeah, Avenue 5. Yeah. Something so five. so uh, what's really funny is that I have not seen it, okay. but every time I see the promos, I'm like, that's something that I should check out because it looks pretty funny. And I love Hugh Laurie from House. So tell me about it. I'm excited to hear about yeah, it. Yeah, so it's it's uh, the best way that I can describe it is it's uh, the humor level is if you liked Veep. Did you ever see the episode oh, yeah. of Veep? Yeah, it's written like that. That is the way, the way they communicate, the way they do those. It's written like, in a, like Veep. But it's on a space station or a spaceship. And it's, you know... An unplanned uh, accident happens, and they went from like it's instead of a three-hour tour, they're on a three-year tour. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's it's an ex- extensive Gilligan Island with a huge, big cast of really uh, good people. You got Josh Gad in there. Um, you've got uh, 
the guy who played the tall slinky guy on the last Gabe on the office. Oh yeah. Gabe's in there. And strangely so is um oh uh the first boss, the male the male big owner CEO of Dungeon Mifflin. Josh Gad? No, no. I'm talking about the office now. Who was the uh, David Wallace? The actor who played David Wallace, yeah. oh. also in this show. That's so, no, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So you got two office alumni. It's funny. It's clever. I'm two episodes into it. It's dry. You know what I mean. And so it's it, it's deep dry. You know what I mean. Yeah. You you can go ten minutes and not have a good laugh, but then they hit you with like. Everything they've been building up for the last ten minutes. Did you like Veep? Did oh yeah, like Veep? I thought Veep was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Hugh Laurie plays Hugh Laurie's people who know him just from House don't have that association. I go with Stuart Little. I see him as the dad <laughs> from Stuart. No, honestly, the first time I saw him is uh, uh, comedy. He used to do with uh, it used to be a night with Brian Laurie. And so they used to have those on YouTube videos, and it was a sketch comedy from Britain, and it was really funny. And so Hugh Laurie is a good comedian, and this show really proves it. And Josh Gad is, you know, he's good. good. He's funny. Yeah, he's, he's funny. He's a funny guy. He hasn't lost the weight. He hasn't done the uh, Jonah Hill, the transfer mill problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> probably. If I lost that much weight, that would be a great problem. I think it's a problem. No, but I think it affects him. Do you think it affects you at this job? Do you think people would turn in and they'd be like? Man, I missed that weight. That changed dramatically. Yeah, because they're like, man, that weed must be really shitty if all of a sudden he lost a lot of weight. Right. So you know I smoke a lot of really good weed because um, I can't resist the munchies. Oliver, from since Chris is not here, from the nerd corner. In his place. In his place, representative Say is hello. Oliver. As those of you who watch the nerd corner know uh, that, you know, you know Ollie. Ali shows up in the nerd corner. Um, so that's always a lot of fun. The uh, Yeah, so Avenue 5 is probably the newest thing I watched. The beginning of the next season of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Well, I like that show a lot. Yeah, and it's funny because I put that on my uh, my outline. I have like a, I have the normal outline, and then I have this super special outline <laughs> that's just for me. What? And that's on my super You're secret special out. outline. I think I caught it that one day. That's when I said you had smaller print than we did, and I was like, what's going on on that day? <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I thought the move, the move over to NBC, for those of you who don't know, Brooklyn and I was on Fox and moved over to NBC. Sometimes when shows change over uh, stations, they start sucking, but they kept everybody. It's pretty funny. You know, I think the season started out good so far. Yeah, I actually had never seen Brooklyn Nine-Nine up until about a week ago. Uh, but my wife had watched quite a few episodes, and she thought it was really funny. And we've watched The Office and Parks and Rec to death. And so we're like, let's go back and just watch Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And, you know, we love it. So, Yeah. No. It's pretty funny. Nancy, what have you been watching? New stuff that I've been watching. Two things. I've, I finally tried Shrill. Which has, oh, I wish I had looked up her name for tonight. She's the actress from Saturday Night Live. Yeah, I don't know. She's a heavier set actor. Leslie Jones to... or A.D. Bryant? A.D. Bryant. A.D. Bryant, yeah. yeah. And it's really funny. It's really good. It's well written. Um, I was afraid that it would just be too much. I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting, but she's a really good actress. And it's, it is very funny. Um, it's also kind of dry and it is based very much from a heavier woman's perspective, which I recently lost 80 pounds about a year and a half ago. So I can totally understand where she's coming from and I don't feel like it's making fun of it. 
I thought it was really touching. She has a moment where she talked about what it's like to be over, I mean, without giving too much away, without being, um, she doesn't want to be too picky about anything because she just wants to be over accommodating. So somebody might notice and like her, you know, mm-hmm. and that where that insecurity comes from. It was really good not to get on a downer, but she's also very funny in it. And, you know, it's obviously an empowering story of some kind. And I'm only a couple episodes in, but I love it. The other new thing that I'm watching, um, I wanted to save it for my guilty pleasures, but I'm going to go ahead and say it now is um, the Hot Wives of Orlando, which is a parody of the Housewives series. I always felt guilty for watching the Housewives series. Is this a new one or is yes, this it's been on Hulu. for a while? I don't I think it's new. It's on Hulu. It has the girl the voice um of Louise. Okay. Um and it has the Angela from the office. Mm-hmm. She's one of the housewives. She's a super conservative Christian ha- housewife. Oh. And I mean, she dresses just like all the New Jersey housewives. And they're very, for those of you who watch the actual housewives, um, there are scenes that are very clearly parodies of very famous scenes from different franchises. Um, There's obviously a Teresa from New Jersey flipping the table parody. There's a parody of Leslie, is it Leslie Graham? Is that his last name? Frazier. Lizzie. Oh, no. Um, Why can't I think of his? Well, oh, well, his name. <laughs> no, that's weird. Because yeah. Because Kelsey, Kelsey Grammer? Yeah, Kelsey, not Leslie. Kelsey, Kelsey good job. Kelsey Glamour is the uh, transvestite version, the uh, drag queen. I love that. Somebody do that. No, um, his wife is <laughs> on it. She's in the Orange County or Beverly Hills one. I can't remember. But she had brought in a psychic one time, and there's a parody of that. Like, without, it's, it's hilarious. And so where's the show at? It's on Hulu. <clears throat> Both of them are actually, and they're hilarious. They're that one is not dry; it's just raunchy. And I mean, you know, you can tell they were given free reign to be as ridiculous and over the top as they could, and they deliver. Love. I have to check it out. It sounds definitely like a show that we'd watch. Yes, I yes. think your wife. You know, it's. Yeah. I don't know how. Yeah, I think everybody would like it. So, just for the record, Leslie comes out of backstage. Full drag, but the deep Fraser beard that everyone knows. And before they do that, like and your stage performance has to be the tossed salad and scrambled eggs. Yeah, that's eggs. how you. That's how <laughs> it. It's a whole new reference. Right, in that. Right. So you move, you move into that, and then you can do your like sachet. But like, yeah, RuPaul's Drag Race, full Fraser beard, everything else drag. Baby, can you hear the toss of blue <laughs> salad and scrambled egg? And then you can go into the whole thing. Yeah. So that would be I think amazing. you should do maybe that. You should do I it. think I mean, that's a great trick. Yeah, oh, you you have pretty much the Kelsey Grammer beard right going. Yeah, he do does I? have a very thick one. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> that's fair. Um, all right, what about you, Dave? What are you watching that's new? Well, I have said it multiple weeks in a row, but The Outsider on HBO just keeps getting better. HBO is really killing it with shows, and The Outsider is exceptional. Um, it's transitioned from the more traditional detective homicide story. Now it's getting into the like scary supernatural elements of the show and they're doing it really seamlessly. Really great show. Cannot recommend that enough. Nice. Are you doing anything else new? Or I mean, you said Brooklyn nine, nine. So yeah, so I'm going back. Yeah, I'm going back and just watching, uh, Brooklyn nine, nine. Um, I'm watching the office, the British version office. Cause I love The Office, and so I even listen to The Office podcast and just hear how many people are influenced by the British Office, and I've never yeah. seen it, so oh, now I'm funny. going back and watching that. Have you heard about that show, The Office, or the podcast, The Office Ladies? I think. Yeah, I watch it, yeah. Is it good? You, oh, it's great. Yeah, I love it. it. Yeah. 
You know you're on video, right? I do know I'm oh, on video, okay. but I'm still organizing things. This is what happens when you're both a producer on a show and help host the show, you know. So Dave and I do this stuff all the time. We're, we're producing and we're doing We're multitasking. Stuff. Yeah. That's we're awesome. definitely not answering phone calls from work. Right. <laughs> this is work, though. I'm still doing what I'm supposed to be doing. So, um... Another thing I watched, I will have, and uh, my wife and I will record it at some point, but I watched the premiere of season 40 of Survivor, mm. and it was called uh, Winners at War, and it's uh, everyone has been a million-dollar winner before, so they brought back an all-winner season, which they've never done. A lot of people didn't think they were going, you know, it takes a lot to get 16 former once you already won a million dollars. You unless you're like, back and lose, yeah. right. so that would be dumb. Unless it's all the people that blew it, like, Overspending and giving away too much money. You well, would think, but some of these people just have like good, you know, like online presence, and so it makes sense that they would go on again and just get their name out there again. There's a handful of them that would like do the show, do the show whenever they were asked. But there's a handful of them that have only played the show once, and then mm-hmm. they were like 14 years ago. But they were like. Something must have sold them to come back, and that's what makes it interesting. Not necessarily people that you see play every like three or four seasons, like Rob Mariano. They call him Boston Rob. He's played like four seasons, been a mentor on one season, two seasons of Amazing Race, and CBS paid for his wedding and broadcast it on national TV. So like, Rob goes wherever. And his wife won once. He he proposed to his wife on one season. Yeah. So, Boston Rob is pretty much the only person I remember from Survivor. There you go. Oh, so he's a, he is the he's one of the standouts. Um, but other than that, no, I haven't really. You know, everything's coming back. Uh, yeah. The cat just sneezed. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> it sounded like somebody was opening like a Pepsi or something. <laughs> but there's no one over there. So. <laughs> <laughs> A ghost that loves pay that would be an eighties commercial. Like <laughs> I think it was. It probably it was. It sounds like it was. Yeah, like somebody's in the other room and they're like, Did you hear that? They're like, No, it just sounded like a Pepsi opening and it's like always oh, the real thing and it just fills up the body. That yeah. That that must sound like a <laughs> Now you're just hogging the attention, Oliver. Um so as we said in the pre live video, and I'm sure at some point on this show uh, this is Valentine's Day, and so we are here recording a podcast. That's literally what's written here. You know, it's Valentine's Day, and we're here recording a podcast. So yes, we. So really we wanted know. to focus on the things we love. Yes, see, it's like a script. <laughs> so we're a pop culture podcast. So what have we grown up loving? And so I'll let you answer it first to get a guise of what the question you really think is. What is it that you... <laughs> Your cat's very distracting. This is great. <laughs> what is uh, what's something you grew up loving? You know, not just liking, but loving. Uh, adventure movies. 80s adventure movies when I was growing up. And I can think of three that have really shaped my imagination. If you can see it in my the writing that I do... You can see the essence of these three movies. The Goonies, uh, Never Ending Story, and Flight of the Navigator. They're my three favorite movies growing up. I will continue to watch them. I will seek them out on any platform that they have and watch them. Um, But of the 80s, that's the thing I love the most, particularly those three movies. 
That is fair. That is fair. What about you? What did you love growing up? Okay, I would. De- the Goonies are on that list. Never Ending Story was a great movie. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of. What? Sorry. What? Well, you know, I was kind of a girly girl, so I, I was picky about those. Uh, but I did. Lo- I loved. Like I was obsessed with Big Trouble in Little China. I That's would be one. in my living room on summer vacation with my next door neighbor's grandkids. And we'd pick characters, and we would just reenact the movie with the movie for some reason. Or we'd go outside and perform it on our porch for my great-grandma. I loved that movie. Loved it. What's funny is they're remaking that movie, but yeah. looking back at it, like, how would they remake it? Because a lot of the without, funny we, stuff, I don't think it'll, get, it'll fly now. Yeah. You know? like, Kurt Russell was edgy. But, yeah, you know? it was a movie for the day, but yeah. I, don't, I don't know how they're going to remake it. Um, but it was, that's a great movie. That's, yeah. What a great pull. Thank you. Um, so, so and the your blonde ambition tour, Madonna, just for the record, also in full admission. I also love that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna challenge you here, James. So it I'll, can't be Disney. It can't be Disney. Uh, things that you love are usually associated with the D, the VHSs that we have, because it's the ones that we're gonna watch a thousand times. Mm-hmm. So which one did I love? Which one do I did I probably play? I loved the Chipmunks. Adventure. Ooh. It is, it was, is that the one where they went around the hey, world? Don't you it, know that we're yes. off to see the uh, world? It is a race around the world with the chip Yes. yes. That, that, that VHS I watched a crap ton of time. That's a great, that's a great one. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I would say that was something that I definitely loved. And I loved, uh, I was a big fan of like television, sci-fi. I, I'm a Star Trek fan. And so growing up in the 90s and the late 80s was a really good time to be a Star Trek fan because you had Next Generation that was going on, followed immediately by Deep Space Nine, followed by Voyager. So it was something that my uncle had introduced me to, and uh, he had passed, but I, my, my affinity for Star Trek continued. And it was a great time growing up, and horror shows at night. You know, Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, Tales from the Crypt or uh, uh, Tales of Darkness or something mm. or Monsters. Tales from the Dark Side. Tales from the Dark yes. Side. Yes. And, or like Monsters yes. or something like that was another one they had. Uh, Friday the 13th, the series. I mean, TV. TV was my exception. I love movies. You, you remember know? Elvira used to do this stuff all night? Really yeah, I, I love that shit. And they were terrible movies, yeah. but they were fun, terrible movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so, 80s were fun, and it's, and I think that's why you see the popularity of things like, because everything that we pulled was all 80s, early 90s. 80s. I assume that's what we were going for. It's like growing up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's why you see the pop culture, popula- you know, popularity of shows like Stranger Things. If you set it in a different era than that, it's not going to play in the 1950s. The early 2000s would have only been so interesting. The 80s works yeah, for themselves. Yeah, because they wouldn't have spent days figuring out what language that recording was or whatever right. because they would just get an app. You know, like, it's different. Yeah. And Goldberg's. I think pretty much everybody who look, looks back at the 80s, one, everybody who's, in, like, creating now were children from the 80s. Yeah. Um, but that was kind of like an innocent time. You know, we had the wall going down. We had um, relations with the Soviet Union calming down, not a lot of wars out there, general, you know, prosperity for the country. I mean, it was a pretty, like, dormant time for our society at that time. So I think everybody kind of looks at it with, like, 
the last like innocent kind of decade because you know they're bookended by the 70s which you know still saw the vietnam war and these things bookended by the 90s where uh you know you had rise of terrorism and yeah so the, the, the interesting thing about that just on a on a historical, social, economic thing is the 80s saw the rise that we do find it as a peaceful time on its representative film as it, but it did see the rise of AIDS. It was in the middle of the, the heat War. of the Cold War, like the nuclear arms race and everything. But you're right, the the concept of prosperity really is the, <laughs> is the, is the part that people pull through from. I would ask you. Yeah, you're right, because it seems all nostalgic and happy. But I remember being a kid, and when the news came on, I was afraid of Russia. Yeah. I was like, oh, what's Russia doing? Yeah. AIDS was out there. Russia was there. Climate change, we had really just made big pushes towards climate change, and the (laughs) world was going to end. So, But uh, (coughs) do you think 80s nostalgia is going to go overboard? And I'll finish that question after this plug for Doc's Apothecary. (laughs) We are smoking Doc's. Doc's Apothecary's <laughs> Weed. It's called Tropia. I don't know what it is. It's a joint. It's an indica yeah. hybrid. And it's... Tropia. Tropia. I bet you it's like... By Doc. Tropia. 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 T-R-O-P-A-Y-A. If you know what it is, say it in the comments. Write it in the comments. I guess <laughs> say it I'll, in the comments. I'll yes, please. Make your own video. Reply if to this video. you do, live feed it. Right. And tag us somehow. Right. Send me your TikTok. There you go. So um so my question is the eighties nostalgia. Uh you've got the Goldbergs, which is very popular for the eighties kids. You've got uh Stranger Things, which is very popular. Uh, you know, E.T.'s doing commercials again. Wonder Woman's about to go to the nineteen eighties. Is Wonder Woman going to be yay, we have more eighties, or is she gonna be like we have more eighties. For me personally, it's going to be the end of it for me, but I'm not going to be... I don't care what decade she does it in. I really, really like the first Wonder Woman movie. I loved the series as a kid. Definitely something I watched with my dad. That and Planet of the Apes. Yeah, I think uh, it'll be an homage to the eighties. I don't think it's going to be ironic by any means. I think they're going to like really embrace being in the eighties. But Right. And I, I think they're going to do it in like old school, like, Shira style and like you know yeah. very bright and colorful and you know kind of that's what the 80s where you look at those kind of shows or those kind of movies they're very shiny and bright yeah. but do you think do you think that how long do we keep pulling from the 80s nostalgia well and if we don't are we going forward because the 90s are the 90s are alright they're grungy and kind of dirty and you know I'm waiting for the uh, 1950s beatnik uh, revolution, you know, having everybody wearing white je- shirts and jeans and slick back hair, pompadours. We can go back to that. It happens naturally over time. Like, I remember in the 80s, everybody's version of retro, it was the 50s, and, right. you know, maybe early 60s. So it was poodle skirts and bobby boxers. And, and then in the 90s, I remember wanting my style to be more influenced by like late 60s and 70s, like hippie. You know, like, it just, it occurs naturally with each generation. So it'll happen when the generation after us takes over. I assume <laughs> that we're just moving towards the handmaiden's tail. So at some point, I'll just have to wear a suit, and you'll have to wear a, a coven hat. Why would that be where you're you're thinking we're heading? <laughs> you know, I, no reason. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, I don't know. 
I think that 80s will eventually burn out. I don't know as far as nostalgia. I mean, it'll make it'll go to the 90s. They're already starting to go yeah. to the 90s. Yeah. Well, every it's kid cool. I know, yeah, every kid I know is wearing flannel shirts and baggy jeans. Jinkos are coming back. I have kids who are wearing um, uh, cross color. Remember? Crisscross? No, cross color. They, the they put their color. shirt up backwards. Yeah. yeah, no, the cross color brand. Like they had usually it was like bright red and green. The shorts would be like one panel each would be a different color, yeah, and then yeah. the shirt would have like a circle with the four colors on it. I miss the heat shirts that would change. Oh, oh I hated yeah. those. They only changed <laughs> so right here. It was so embarrassing. Not for me. I don't have a lot of heat in my arm, but in my or maybe you're just hot everywhere. It was always pink. Yeah, I don't know what that means. <laughs> what was the original color? Pink. White. <laughs> yeah, those shirts were cool. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> no. But I do want to go back to what I watched this week, which was great, and everyone should watch. And it is HBO again, and it is McMillian. Oh, yes. Yes, that's a great show. It is an HBO documentary about oh yes i know exactly what you're talking about the please mcdonald's monopoly yes, game tell, is do it, tell james do tell so it is great a, fucking story oh it's an amazing story uh, basically the premise of what they're laying out here is that between 19 basically the beginning of the monopoly game till the end of the monopoly game in 2003 i think it was whatever yeah that there were actually no legitimate big ticket winners of any of the prizes there they was all connected in a mob type thing and i'm only on episode two and it is straight fascinating not only because of the characters of how they were pulling this off but even the like fbi people who are investigating it it was really it was They're, yeah it was speaking of the 80s they were or you know like pre-internet pre pre-internet 2.0 where we communicate as much <laughs> on the internet like early aol type internet type shit where you can there's not even an encyclopedia. You know, when you looked up something, it was a sentence. So it's these guys in Jacksonville, Florida. And there's one guy who just wants to do some cool shit in the FBI. Mm-hmm. And he picks up a lead that nobody else thought was real. And the next thing they know, they're deep into a, an investigation that spans out in dealing with the mob. They have to going to McDonald's, they don't know if somebody in McDonald's is working. Yeah, you know, like they said, well, you have to watch. Yeah. they, they Never did, mind. Uh, St. Jude got a million dollars from the people that were rigging the game. It's fascinating. Yeah, yes. I'm excited to watch it. That is a good show. It's a good series. And with that being said, I also say watch the uh, I'm just thinking on the McDonald's uh, route. The Founder is a great movie. Have you seen The Founder? No. Yes, I have not seen what's it. What's the founder? It's about oh. Ray, it's about Ray Rock. Rock. Yeah, with, with Gary. Uh, no, what's his name? Uh, uh, Batman. Michael yeah. Keaton. Yes. Yeah, it's Batman. Yeah, you yeah. wouldn't know. Yeah. Like <laughs> you're like. Best of all, no, I thought like Christian Bale. You're crazy. Was, no, Did my, you see Robert Pattinson? They put out a promo video of Robert Pattinson. Yet. I saw the, a picture. It looks pretty good. Does it? Yeah, looks the pretty scowl good. looks interesting. I know a lot of people are complaining about the. Mass the scowl, but it's 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 a great fucking Batman. Right, outfit. I I okay. this movie's gonna be great. I love Batman. I really love Batman, which brings us all the way back to stuff we love. There you Aww. go. Yeah, it circles See? around. Yeah. Um, 
All right, and so then there's the other things and the guilty pleasure, the things that we necessarily, you know, don't want to share with everybody. So we're going to share it on camera over a microphone, apparently, <laughs> because that's what we signed up to do. So, Nancy, we'll start with you. I love how you. my name is first on the list for this particular one. What is your guilty pleasure, Nancy? Well, I think I've already admitted it on here before, but just to be clear, so that there's no denial later, I'm purely, I'm addicted to pure, like, trash reality. That every housewife of anything, basketball wives, I, I, everyone, all of them. And the fightier, the better. I used to watch Bad Girls Club. Mm. I don't know why I like them. I don't act like that in real life, just for the record. But for some reason, I'm I'm amazed at watching other people do that. And I, I know that even though it's not real per se, I get that it's, you know, they're playing it up for camera. But it's interesting. I'm like, how far will you go, though, to keep this spot on the show? Like, it makes me wonder. I don't know. It's interesting. And, you know, it's funny to watch. And you don't really have to, like, pay attention, pay attention. So. There you go. That is my guilty pleasure. Dave, what about yours? What's your guilty pleasure? Well, my guilty pleasure is fucking weed. That's really... Oh, I just thought we were keeping it to... Oh, okay. No, we can do... No, that's... Of all my... I have a whole list of guilty pleasures. Like, I fucking love Stephen King books. I love cooking. I, you know, but I, the more I think, I'm like, those really aren't guilty pleasures. But the, the thing that... That besides, I also like Ed Sheeran, and he's pretty good too. Uh, I love Tori Amos music. Um, That's okay. Aqua, I still I fucking love Aqua. If I had a musician that was my guilty pleasure, it was fucking Aqua. Huh. But of all the things, I think weed because it, there's still kind of a, a stigma around it. Like, you know, it's legal in Colorado. You know, I don't wear my weed hat out and out and about. Like, I. Kind of, that's kind of, kind of one of those things where you, uh, you kind of feel guilty about talking about it because there's still kind of a social stigma. But mm -hmm. so that's where I'm gonna go with that. Okay. Well, since I can't couldn't use it last time, I'm gonna say my guilty pleasure is Disney, <laughs> and it is because it listen, is. I watch, I, I literally rewatched the Ascendants three like three days ago because I was on Disney Plus and I was like, oh. I'll just watch Descendants 3. It's not even my favorite Descendants, but I just watch it. I'm He has a favorite Descendants. That's all you have to say. Is it we two? Get it. it we is two. It. Two is two. It has the better soundtrack. Oh gosh. It yeah. has a soundtrack. <laughs> He's roped you in. Yes. Yeah. No, the descendants are good. Great good story. But and, and I I guess if you're getting specific, it's the descendants. But no, I think it's uh Yeah, my guilty pleasure is Disney on all aspects of life. I'm wearing a Mickey Mouse watch right now. You know, it's the pleasure that transcends everything. And because you're a grown adult who knows all the words to like the descendant, even, you know, Frozen. I went to see Frozen 2 with no one under the age of 37. You know, the first time I went and saw it. And it was like opening weekend because I needed to see it. Same thing with Aladdin. I saw Aladdin in the theater on opening weekend. So, um, yeah, it's my guilty pleasure. It's Disney. It it truly is that thing that people think is weird uh, sometimes, and I have a good excuse because I I'm like I work there, so I'm connected. But it's it was one of my 
first reports I wrote in like fifth grade when we were in the Dave and I went to the same school in fifth grade. We sure did. We, were we went to the, the same school all the way from yeah. elementary school all the way up to uh, high school. Right. Yeah. So when I knew Dave and we were very, very little and not smoking, we, one of my first, you know, I there like two people I ever wrote reports on and they were always Walt Disney or Steven Spielberg. And I think Walt Disney was one of my first ones. You know, I had Disney Adventure magazines my entire life. My guilty pleasure has been Disney. I have videotape of me like 16 years old singing the song to the Lion King in the basement that I recorded just because for prosperity in the future and the farther away from that time that you recorded it, the worse it gets. So <laughs> I love the fact that you embrace yeah. your love of Disney though. Yeah. yeah. You got to, and you're it's going. And it's not I'm a going, bad yeah. thing. I always, no. people, it's very innocent. People ask me about, you know, if it bothers me with his obsession with Disney, cause I'm not, I, I, He's gotten me. I've caught the bug. I'm not going to lie. Over the past two to three years, I'd say, it's really rubbed off. But um, I, I always say, I'm like, even if Disney is an evil corporation and it takes your money or whatever, you know what you're getting into. You know how much it's going to cost up front. You know you're going to pay too much, but get better service when you're there. And on top of that, Mickey Mouse is an amazing like character as far as... like. His, uh, I know he's a mouse, but his humanity and his humility. And I'm like, if everybody was like Mickey Mouse, it's not that bad of a world, you know? So it's really funny um, listening to you guys because I really kind of feel the same way now. I'm really feel kind of guilty about how much I enjoy Harry Potter. Yeah. And this, this is literally, I've only know like listened or read Harry Potter in the last three years. And I've, I fucking have fallen in love with these books so much that like I, if I feel kind of like a poser, like I wasn't there from the beginning, um, like my kid and my wife read it way before I did, but then I read it and I listened to the audiobooks. Now I'm fucking hooked, and I feel like a little silly, um, admitting that, and I don't know why, because you know it's it's fucking great. I've so. never finished the books, and I I mean I've seen all the movies, but I mean I get it. I feel bad because I went to the, I love this Harry Potter park at universal yeah. it was great that was cool you'll but you're gonna very much enjoy that you're gonna geek out and if you, you were in. in the orlando area and you're a fan of ours and if you want to see dave and interrupt him on a trip with, with his family look for him at either disney or universal starting sometime next week yes that's very it's detailed enough to where people can actually try to like look for me right but it's also kind of vague enough where they don't necessarily yeah. know what days and what times and what exactly parts. exactly. But if you get your picture with Dave, we'll send you something. I don't know. So there's this dude Instagram on YouTube picture. named Rick's Flicks that. So my kid, my wife, we're they're like really planning out this fucking trip, right? Um, and so they've been they've been watching all these YouTube videos, and they have like started watching people who that's their whole job is to make YouTube videos about going to these parks, right? And one of them is this dude named Rick's Flicks. And Dante is dying to meet this guy who does this Rick's Flicks thing. And he's like some like 50-year-old dude, like some big 50-year-old dude, and just walks around and like goes on rides and takes videos of him going on rides and eating shit. Yeah, we that's, watched some of those. That's funny because I watch a couple of those, and I haven't heard of Rick's Flicks. I've, uh, the guy with the long... Uh, goatee mustache, I forget what that guy is. Uh, the Tim Tracker... People watch the Tim Track. So it's weird because I do watch like three of those. I watch the <laughs> Disney Food Blog. I watch, I've, I've seen the Tim Tracker. And I watch, uh, that shows you how broad YouTube is. 
like your algorithm, because that's the one they came across and they enjoyed is the one that you see over and over and over again. But I guarantee you both the things that we watch are getting hundreds of thousands of views. Isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. It's just an algorithm thing. Cause I would think that in my YouTube suggested history, Rick flicks would come, should come up as the Tim tracker should show up in yours, but it may not. YouTube's just guiding us where we want us to. <laughs> so, but are you excited, man? Are you, what, yeah. So they've been doing the research, but like, have you been like watching? Is there things that you're, what What are you most psyched about? Because I love talking about Disney and we we're going to, yeah. it wasn't written here, but I, yeah. I was already planning yeah. on talking to you about what's happening. There's, there are literally two things that I need to accomplish while I'm out there. I have to, first and foremost, I need to go to Galaxy's Edge. Mm-hmm. You know, I, out of, you know, I love Harry Potter, but I love Star Wars way more and I'm not afraid to admit that it's not a guilty pleasure it's just something I've fucking I've grown up loving and I still love so that's number one uh, hopefully we get on the rise of resistance but I, the tickets are very difficult to come by um, and then Hogwarts going on the Hogwarts Express going to uh, uh, the gate in nine and three quarters going into uh, Diagon Alley I mean I'm fucking really psyched about going to Harry Potter land yeah, Harry Potter Land is super cool. Harry Potter Land is the entrance to Harry. Enter in the first time you go to Harry Potter Land, start on the Universal Studios side, not yeah. the Island Adventure side. That's the plan, man. Yeah. They, uh, these, we have our uh, plan. We're ready to go. I, I'm, I believe in the plan. Good. I'm fucking Good. stoked. Good. Yeah. No. The the best. Yeah. That's cool. And I can't actually speak to Star Wars because I've never been to Star Wars land, so I'm excited you get to do that and everything. Yeah, but you yourself, so I don't think a lot of folks know that you're going to Disneyland and you're doing a project down there. Yeah, I'm going, so we're working with, uh, we're, we're going down with Disney uh, for the Jungle Skipper reunion, and we're going to take Santorium, we're going to... Uh, Look for our buddy Larry Tinkle. Santori and I are going to try to find Larry Tinkle and bring him to this uh, reunion. And that'll be really exciting. So that's going to be one of Santori's projects. And that is going to be the way I'm going to promote what I'm doing going forward. And it's going to be the Santori project. I know you've heard about it for a while. And here's the annoying part. And I'm sorry, everybody out there. You will continue hearing about it. Excitingly enough, it should start filming in about three weeks now. You know, we'll get the first episode. Santori will be in there. It'll start filming. It's going to be a few... This is something real. So it will be a couple months until it actually comes out because it has to be edited and done everything. But Santori, you will see a lot of Santori on the Truckee Pacific Presence because he'll come on this show. You know, we'll do some other things with him. Uh, But the Santori show is going to be a a travel show and kind of an adventure show and kind of a... Us just having fun with our buddy Santori. He's a really funny comedian. I think we're going to put him in some pretty interesting situations. Dave came up with one today that we're not going to see on here because I know Santori watches it. But I like Dave's idea, you know. And so it's going to be... I don't think he'll like my idea. Uh, he may not. He may not. But it's going to be good TV. So the Santori show is really what I'm working on. Um, and... I don't normally take the first promotion of what I'm doing, but I'm going to take it too. The other thing that I'm working on is it is an election year, and I know that we do not talk politics on here because we want to be respectful and restrained to every single, uh, everybody out there. Everybody loves weed. 
red folks, blue folks, green folks, everybody loves weed. Right. So. But with that being said, we all do have a political, uh, personal feeling, and I do as well. And so what I'm bringing back is actually something that was on uh, the TGTS network. And it's going to be something that is my show that I brought from there, that I created on there, and it's going to be James and the Giant Country. And it's going to be a little different than the last time you heard it because it used to be a college show where I would talk to people and talk about the state of politics. What I'm actually going to do is I'm going to discuss where we are today because the last time I did a show was in the 2016 election, the lead-in about this time, and we are in a completely different world today than we are then. So look out for that. It will be a video-based show. I'm going to show some memes and talk about the general problem on both sides, the left and the right. So that is coming back. So those are the two big things. And then <laughs> me and my wife will be doing a review show for season 40 of Survivor. Uh, with that, Nancy, I know that you have something coming up. What's going on, Nancy? I am still working on my music show, and I don't want to say too much or give too much away. So the best I can tell you is that the first air date will be March 27th, which is the last Friday of the month. And that is all I'm giving away. It's a very tight-lipped project right now. I loaded this a while ago. We loaded it I, at the beginning of the show. I was going to say, we spiced, and I was like, we'll smoke a joint in between everything and everything. So, well, good. We're going to look through that, and it's, we're looking at the end of March for... March 27th. That's exciting. So look for uh, Nancy on March 27th, and you may be shocked. Let's see what happens on Nancy's show. Uh, you know what hey. I just thought of? Hmm. Now we're on video. Everybody could... Watch my soda. <laughs> Slow, quickly. <laughs> quickly go down. Oh, that's interesting. Now you know how much I fucking drink. This is why I got a pee so bad at the end of the show. Right. I, I fucking mean, you're drink. just sitting down here smoking. It's not like, you know, I mean, what else are you going to do besides take a sip every once in a while? I have to. Man, yeah. my mouth is so dry. Yeah. But I guarantee like a doctor could sit down and calculate how long the show goes and how much you drank. And they're like, well, Dave, drank this much in the... Man, that's interesting. I never thought about that. Mine didn't. It could still almost be full. Imagine we weren't using the green cup it. this time. Yeah, at least it's... Yeah. You're not drinking Amsterdam this time. There you go. Uh, Dave, why don't you let us know what you have going yeah, on? Yeah, so um, I'm going on vacation, so I'm not doing shit next week. Um, so yes, and then I am. Uh, have an episode of The Dive Bar coming up on the 28th with Chris Pace. Uh, we're deep diving into the guy who I have, like, revered for the better part of the last 20 years, who is my personal mentor, fucking Kevin Smith. We're doing a deep dive on the career of Kevin Smith, so make sure you're paying attention to that. I'm excited about that. I like it. Just, uh, yeah, then you're going to do, it looks like, yeah, you have other things here. I do have other things. What other I things thought, do I have? I, I thought, thought, I, I, I thought I that your, your dive bar thing was what was coming up next. Yeah. And so you start saying things about Kevin Smith. I'm like, that's not what it says here. <laughs> it says you're going to talk about the outsider of Parasite. Oh, yeah. Well, we're doing the review show. I, I forgot about that. I'm doing the review show about uh, the outsider and Parasite, like the outline said. Like the outline said. It, the funny thing about it was just that, like, how my mind initially interpreted it was like, that was what kind of the theme of the dive bar was going to be. So I was expecting you to... And then you, then you came with something else. I was like, what? When? Well, I'm super excited about the episode of the dive bar. So I had to like make sure I project my enthusiasm. Yeah, I'm excited for that episode. Kevin Smith is great. I watched Clerks very, very, very early.
movie like as soon as I, I didn't see it in the theater, but I saw it as soon as it came out on video. So that's that's cool. I'm excited. Yeah. That's a great show. Um, Chris would normally be here. His cat showed up for a little while, and he and he set some things up for us. So, uh, but I'm going to promote his nerd corner because quite honestly, Chris is kicking ass yes, on the nerd corner. Uh, if you enjoy playing games, if you enjoy uh. A good present and a good voice. A good voice that is such a good voice that he's basically the official voice of. Uh, yeah, he doesn't have my nasally, nasally gate. Yeah, he's he's like a trucky Pacific voice. If you hear something like with a voiceover, unless it's specifically supposed to be me and Dave in the representation of the story, it's Chris. You know what I mean? That's who Chris is usually going to do the voiceover on any kind of video projects. But it's a uh, it's fun. He plays Jackbox a lot, which everybody can go online and play with him as well. Yeah. It, that's a great game to do. Uh, and uh, he's just really fun. He, he presents very, very well. He does, And it's not like what we're doing now. Like, this is live and to the point that, like, if we fucked up super bad, we can just stop and erase and do it. Chris is out there streaming. Like, when you watch our things in the beginning of the show, or Dave and I are like, hey, uh, this button doesn't work. God, you know, he does that every night. So it's a completely different, like, beast than what we do because you have Beyond. So it's fun to watch. It's interesting to watch. Yep. So uh, check out the dive bar. Um, and shameless big plug right now. We are looking for sponsors. You know, sponsors help us do what we're doing. You know, and uh, we love doing what we're doing. And we love that you love doing what we're doing. They love, no, they love they watching love us do it. Because if they do what we're they doing... They love that we're doing what we well, do. Well, I love what they're doing, what they're doing. Because they're probably doing the same thing that we're doing. Because I definitely recommend doing what we're doing while they're doing it. Yeah, I, you yeah. do. Okay, yeah, so you love what... Whatever. <laughs> the point is, we would like you to give us money or things and help us. So we're looking for sponsors. So please go to SoundCloud and Spotify to give us a five-star review. Whether or not we deserve it, because what's it going to hurt? You know. What's it going to hurt? And um, all the cool kids are doing it. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. A show about your mom drugs. gave us a five star review, so you better give us a five star review. A show about drugs where we end with peer pressure is awesome. Um, <laughs> also, that's pretty much dare. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what we learned—the opposite mm. of what we learned in dare. Like they mm. could record this from the future and send it to the past. <laughs> And warn kids, like, like, look at this. This, is, is, this is what Dare did. Now, <laughs> they're really fucked up. <laughs> a lot of people. I knew a lot of people who learned every bad thing ever. Well, before from... that, just say no was even worse. Yeah. It was easier to clown, but, like, just say no was, they didn't even really show anything. They just came in and they're like, just say no. And you're like, no, yeah. uh, they did. Um, excuse Maybe me. Maybe in California. Okay, no, let me explain. Okay. The Just Say No program in California was huge. And Ronald and Nancy Reagan, they did a whole convention thing in the Bay Area when I was a kid. My parents' band played the Just Say No theme song while they walked on stage. (laughs) And me and my whole class sang along from, like, the front area on the floor in front of the stage. And we watched this thing. They had, like, Soleil Moon Fry. I don't know if you guys... Punky Brewster. Yeah, right. And, um, like, all these other 80 stars come out. And Nancy Reagan came out and talked to us. Like, the news was there. And they did stuff like that. It was a big program. Yeah, but... But it did nothing Ironically, everybody who was there was fucking high yeah, as a Yeah, I know so. that. I, that's what I thought. I was like, my parents... Well, I don't want to, you know. My parents were stoner hippies. Yeah, you've already talked about it. 
Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no, see, I'm, I'm more talking about the classroom aspect of Dare versus Just Say No. Dare was a much more organized theory of a Just Say No. Mm-hmm. They're like, here's these drugs. Sir, and you did, you had to like circle. They're like, which one's a joint? <laughs> Don't do that one. And I'm like, oh, that's what a joint looks like. That's cool. You know, this is how much. If they would have had a cost breakdown, it really would have planned out like a whole lot. They're like, you know why you shouldn't smoke weed? is because like an eighth costs like twenty dollars. I'm like, oh yeah, I use that much. How long would an eighth last if you were a druggie? One day? Like, Shit. Oh, good to know. Yeah. Uh speaking of eights lasting for one day and all that and loving pot, send us a message at the mile high podcast at gmail. Damn it, man. <laughs> you almost got it. You were so close. Gmail all the time. I it's a word. How do you mess up a word Mahi you po- always said? Gmail. The, the Mahai Podcast at gmail.com. Nicely done. Ooh, there you go. Very, very good. Smooth. And then uh, tune in in a couple weeks where we're going to do something different. Yeah, it's we, we talked a lot about uh, what we love today, and a lot of it was 80s stuff. And mm-hmm. We're actually, the next episode is going to be our love letter to the 80s. Oh, See? really? Yes. Right. So now you know. You always say you don't know what the shows are going to be about. Now you have two weeks to prepare. No more excuses. No. No more excuses. So look, tune in for that, and then listen for the dive bar. Listen for the review of The Outsider and Parasite. Take a listen for Nancy's show. Check the Nerd Corner out every night. Uh I'll do stuff here and there as well, but listen for uh, the Santori project coming up. All of this is Truckee Pacific. This is all done under Truckee Pacific. It's a lot of fun. I'm glad that we're doing this. I think it was a very good third show. We have a few more shows in the season. We're hopefully going to get. We've you know we've had two guests so far. That's a huge. Our first two shows I guess. Yes, yeah. we have plenty more where yeah. that came from. Yeah. So keep a tone out, a lookout. Go. That's it. We're out. Thank you for listening to the Mahai Podcast, produced by Truckee Pacific Productions. For sponsorship inquiries or comments, go to themilehighpodcast at gmail.com.